Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Good morning and welcome to the show. We are back, fresh out of the woods, diving right back into a big old boat project and getting ready to hit the road. So that's what today's podcast is going to be about. Buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride. (laughs) But before I start, like I always say, if you want to support this show, you can become part of the Patreon family. Thank you, huge thank you to all you supporters who have kept the show going and stuck with me throughout this summer, the bleak, bleak summer of the podcast where I could barely get a show in here or there, but uh, you know, you guys have, have held fast and I really appreciate it, but follow the link in the description and you can... Help fund this show and also future endeavors and adventures. Um, You know, it's getting to be close to sailing season for Old Sparrow and Jerome. And uh, when I even think, like, glance my brain towards the amount of work that has to be done on that boat to get it ready for uh, ocean sailing, it's terrifying. It's absolutely frightening, actually. But... uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, we do also have the merch lines out there. We got about seven different uh, styles of shirts. Follow the link in the description for those. And if you just want to contact the show, sailingintooblivion.com, and uh, I will get those emails directly. So I don't have like an assistant or anything like that, obviously. So I read them and uh, do my best to respond when I can or comment actually in the show. So. Other than that, that's about it. I suppose you could always pick up a copy of Sailing Into Oblivion, the solo nonstop voyage of the Mighty Sparrow. Uh, That's available on Amazon. And for those that like to listen to their books, like myself, uh, you can pick it up on Audible. So pretty cool stuff. All right. That out of the way. Camping. Oh, my gosh. I don't. It's hard to express just how how nice it is to get out there surrounded in the trees in the woods of the great north of the upper peninsula of Michigan for those that don't know uh, a lot of Michiganders sort of uh, take for granted the the idea that Michigan is actually split into two two sections you've got the upper peninsula and you've got the lower peninsula and most people just think of the mitt uh, which is the lower peninsula uh, but there is actually like second half to our state which is way up north. You go north of the Mackinac Bridge, and then you're essentially, you might as well be in Canada at that point. Um, but you're way up north. You're in the land of trees, swamps, mosquitoes, and more deer than people. And it's uh, actually a stunning, stunning place. And back in, I think it was like 1998, 97 or 98, I got hooked into a camping trip with some buddies. I was sort of a last minute audible and uh, got taken on when one of the people, one of the six couldn't go anymore. And I'd never been camping before. And it was a game changer. Uh, It opened up my eyes to a whole different realm of, I don't know, how you spend your time and what you do and uh, what nature is actually all about when you have, you know, this little pack that has all your supplies for 10 days and you just uh, set off from your car and dive into the woods is uh, 
can be pretty challenging, to tell you the truth. I mean, there were plenty of nights caught out in the rain and that sort of stuff, but the overall feeling of like, oh, I'm kind of like independent of all that stuff. I don't need a store. I don't need this. I do have to manage the things that I have. And, uh, you know, it's funny how all that has bled into my adult life uh, with sailing and all that sort of stuff, because that's what, you know, the real reality of setting off on your own and having uh, to be self-sufficient out there at sea is uh, the real deal, because when you run out of stuff out there, you really isn't anything you can do about it, except try and figure something out. Overcome that adversity, uh, like I like to say, but... It is. It's amazing. We go to this little place called Sylvania Wilderness, and it's uh, right up on the border with Wisconsin, and really just stunning. It's a group. It's about 25 square miles total, and it's a group of small lakes. You know, some are a couple miles long. Um, some are really narrow and windy, almost like a river, <clears throat> but it's just for canoes. There's only one lake where they allow small fishing boats with motors, and I don't know. I think it was like an old hunting preserve or something like that. And about a hundred years ago, the the guys that owned it donated it, and uh, they turned it into a. I don't know if it's a national forest or something like that, but essentially you go in there, and man, the the camp spots are amazing. They're set back from the lakes, so that when you are on the lakes, all you're seeing is this old growth forest huge white pines towering up there, bald eagles everywhere, loons calling in the distance, um, and loons popping up right next to your canoe to check you out. Just a phenomenal place. And you get up there and like, I'm, it fills me, I've been up there maybe 10, 12 times in my life. And, uh, it fills me with sort of this nostalgic feeling where I feel like I'm, you know, 20 years old again, but also at the same time, it's just, it's so stunningly beautiful to see what a lake area like that would be like if it's left untouched and, you know, left to Mother Nature's whim. Because, you know, the lake that I'm on that I was working on this summer and have, you know, worked on many, many summers for a long time is, you know, fully developed. It's nice because a lot of the land around it is protected. So, you know, there aren't skyscrapers or anything like that, obviously, up here in northern Michigan. But, uh, it's there's houses and there's docks and people you know manipulate the lakefront and all that sort of stuff with awful landscaping um as if as if a beautiful untouched shoreline is uh is not pretty enough but so you see that you always wonder at least i do like what would it be like if this just was untouched and you know you go to a place like sylvania and you find out and it's stunningly pretty. I mean, the, the trees and the growth and everything just literally go right to the water's edge. And they're like, it's like overhanging it. And you get all the trees that fall down uh, straight out into the lake. And they make perfect habitat for a little fishing. And we always just do catch and release up there. I did land a whopper pike. Holy cow, the thing was gigantic. Close to 40 inches. It's a fight of my life, I tell you. Fight of my life. Because it was caught on a little tiny Walmart uh, fishing fishing pole with the tiniest little hook you ever saw. But it just got him right on the lip. And uh, like my buddy Colin says, shout out Colin. We were out ripping lips, man. So it was, it was pretty fun. And we're only up there for five days. But five days can be huge when <clears throat> you are reaching critical mass 
when it comes to uh, how much you've been trying to do and, and all that sort of stuff. It was a really, really busy summer. Not a lot of time for sleep, not a lot of time for anything. <clears throat> and yeah, it was, uh, it was good. I mean, I, I like feeling that exhaustion because um, it kind of, it, it helps me to know that, yeah, I was pushing pretty hard and I was using, utilizing my time. I was brooksing my time as uh, shout out Brooks. Uh, I don't know if you haven't heard that podcast. It was a little while back, but really, really fantastic. You know, when you take advantage of every single minute uh, of every single day, you know, you do tire yourself out a little bit, but boy, you do feel pretty amazing when you do that. And I had reached that point, you know, I was, I was like, there were a lot of times during the summer, I was just so, so tired and still, you know, with, with the job and trying to do this new presentation and a whole bunch of other little things. It was like, holy smokes. I was getting so exhausted, (laughs) still, still kind of recovering from it a little bit, but, uh, I was projecting myself to that lake and just paddling and, you know, on that, that glass water and there's little islands and there's just nothing but trees all over the place. And I just kept thinking, well, I'll, I'll get there soon. That's when I'll rest. That's when I'll, I might be able to throttle back. I'll, I'll be able to sheet out, if you will. And uh, that's exactly what I got to do. So feeling definitely a pretty fresh, pretty ready. Uh, and it's, you know, for me, it also signifies the end of the summer and the beginning of autumn which I'm <clears throat> kind of looking forward to, uh, but at the same time, a little bit nervous. Don't really know what's going to happen yet, 100%. Um, you know, I've got some some speaking gigs uh, booked, and we're hopefully working on a few more, but it is uh, it's an interesting feeling to go back to this, because I did it back in 2019, and, you know, trying to make a living from that, is not an easy thing when you're sort of doing it on your own and just trying to trying to scratch out a living, so to speak. But um, I don't know. I think between <laughs> there's a possibility. I'm keeping my uh, my hopes alive that there's a possibility that between getting right back into uh, doing the podcast a bunch of times and stuff and uh, and being able to sit down with some pretty cool people that. Between that and some speaking gigs, I'll be able to sort of make something happen over this uh, over this fall and into the winter, but we will see. I'll tell you one thing I'm not going to ever do. I'm not going to ever talk about a future podcast, make promises, uh, a.k.a. the Everest podcast. That's, uh, that's a bit of a bummer, but um, hopefully I will be able to sit down with Cam at some point uh, in the future. I know where he lives. He's out on the East Coast, and I'm hoping to... Uh, swing by there at some point but I think I like jinx myself somehow when I do that and I I hate to be like a letdown um to any of the listeners out there because you all are fantastic and I don't want to uh, promise things that I can't deliver on and so I'm not going to talk about future shows ever again I'm just gonna see what comes down the pipeline and uh, it'll all just have to come when it comes um but yeah so we're Essentially, came right back to the starting point after camping and doing this huge, huge refit. It was supposed to just be a small 
get rid of the dry rotted wood in a couple areas, which then turned into removing the entire deck of this uh, this old old sailboat this classic it's it's called a 17 and it's essentially um 17 square meters of sail it looks like a tiny j boat it's got the overhang on the bow overhang on the stern all that sort of stuff uh just mini so it's about 24 feet long narrow really neat little racing boat for for being up here you know full keel or yeah i guess it's a full keel something like that but in any event it's uh a beautiful classic old boat. It's number 28 out of maybe 50. And one of the problems was we were trying to get it fixed up during the summer so we could use it here. And then I went to do sort of a final cleanup because I was doing, I was focused mostly on the hull and the water line and all that. And uh, a few paint things here and there and just to sort of get it out there for the guests. But, um, when I started walking around on the deck, that's when I knew we were in trouble because it was like a sponge. And uh, yeah, took one look under and and pulled away some of the fiberglass with my hands, uh, super easy, which is never a good sign. And uh, knew that we were in trouble. And so, you know, found some more rot in one of the bulkheads and all this and that. So it just I don't know. It was one of those projects that started out small and turned out to be huge. Remove the deck uh, completely and. And then take that off the boat, flip it over, completely pull all the wood. It was one of those where it's a fiberglass deck, and underneath that is a layer of wood that is then glassed in as well as sort of uh, to rid- to make it real rigid. And it sits on a couple of cross beams. The cross beams were rotten. The wood was rotten, so we pulled all that off. I had fantastic help from uh, a friend of mine, Jeff, and... Yeah, we just went to town on it, and it was one of those sort of scary things, too, where you start undoing all this stuff, and you're like, holy cow, am I going to be able to put this thing back together? Uh, am I going to be able to fix this? You know, we're doing these huge glass mats and doing all this sort of grinding and all this stuff, and uh, we were able to do it. Um, we got all the glass done, and we it was amazing to take this deck. Now, granted, the things, you know, think about it, it's like 20, the deck that we removed is probably 23 feet long and it's probably at its widest, maybe four feet. And it was like a noodle. We had to have a bunch of people to flip it over safely. So it didn't like break in half or anything. I mean, it was flexing like none other. And then after we reglassed the new Marine ply in there, a little, uh, half inch uh half inch sheet of it holy cow you could almost pick the thing up with one person and it was just stiff as a board which is what we want and we replaced the struts that hold it and uh we were able to hook up a little pulley system the other night and hoist that sucker up move the boat underneath it and just drop it right back down now a lot of adjustments and things like that have to be made before i can bed it properly and and rivet everything back together uh and then start working on the cosmetics uh on the deck you know gotta fill you know spider cracks and little things like that and then uh sand it and paint it but and then just put all the hardware back on but i you know it, being able to put the deck back into its place at least made it it was like a, a huge visual uh accomplishment where you're like oh my god i you know, the minute we pulled that thing off, I didn't know if it was ever going to go back on. It's sort of scary. And when you're getting paid to do something like this, it's uh, a little stressful sometimes. Um, 
just because you know you're you're saying okay it'll probably take this much time and it'll probably cost this much money and you got to try and stay within or below those parameters as best you can i mean obviously it's a boat so you never really know and we found a whole lot more damage than uh than we thought we were gonna find so you know those are all different uh different aspects but yeah it's been a lot of fun and uh like i said i had really really good help wouldn't be anywhere near i'm gonna dive back in right after lunch today uh and you know just keep plugging away on it you know any any time i ever was getting a little overwhelmed and the gears started spinning a little too much in my head of like oh we gotta do this too and that too and that like just remember hey just like on the trip around the world one ocean at a time one day at a time one week at a time like take it step by step don't freak out about the whole thing because you're not trying to do every single thing all at the same time so why think of it that way just think of it as one project at a time I mean, if you go up you put your bed one cleat on then all of a sudden that's one less cleat that you have to bed so it's one thing off that list but uh so that's how i'm sort of trying to tackle it keep that mind mindset correct and positive and moving forward it is a tricky thing the brain the brain just has a way of trying to get on top of you sometimes i don't know what it is but there's there's times where i'm filled with so much doubt and and this i think affects all facets of my life whether it's things even like this podcast uh there are times where i'm like I'm like, man, I, you know, uh, I'm running out of things to say. I'm running out of things to talk about. You know, how am I going to continue this? This is the one that creeps into my head. It's like, how am I going to do, you know, another like hundred shows? What the heck am I going to talk? And thinking about that's insane, man. It's not like you're going to try and do a hundred shows in one sitting. Uh, you're going to do them one at a time. And that is a whole lot more uh, realistic than than trying to think about a hundred shows from now, that sort of thing. And I don't know, but when you start thinking about it in those terms of it's it's uh, the grandeur of it, like the 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 full scope, it's it's terrifying, and it's like, oh man, I don't, don't want to do that. Like that's that sounds awful. I'm a, I, th- I think it's time to shut it down. And it's like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't let those thoughts creep in just uh just do a show about camping (laughs) real quick and then it'll you know and that does it's it's amazing how just kicking things off like when you're I know when I've got like some huge project thing that I'm trying to do and you're sort of looking at it and you're thinking about it you haven't done anything yet and you're just like oh geez this is gonna be you start to get a little overwhelmed. You get that anxiety about it. You sort of your your morale is low, so to speak. That's when it's so crucial, I think, to just dive right in and do one thing. You do one thing, and then all of a sudden you're sort of like, ah, oh, okay, Whew. we've started, and we got that one thing done, and now we get right back into, um, just right back into go mode. And all of a sudden it's like, well, let's do that one next, and then it sort of snowballs. You know, I was talking to Sven. Shout out Sven last night. And, uh, you know, he's he was talking about that too. Kind <clears> of, <throat> he has a job that, you know, they, they'll fly him out and he'll do a couple of weeks or a month or something. And then he's off for a few weeks. And, you know, when he's at home, it's nice because he's like, ah, cool. I got time to do whatever I want and everything like that. But then that sort of lifestyle kicks in for enough time 
that the thought of jumping back into project mode, working six, seven days a week is a little daunting. And it's like, oh man, how am I going to do another 12 hour day? Or how am I going to do the first 12 hour day? And yeah, that definitely can be a bit on the scary side for sure. But it's one of those things where a little cart going by. It's one of those things where, you know, you're, you're, the longer you wait before you jump right in, the uh, harder it is to do that jump, to make that leap. And it uh, it's sort of one of those, it's just one of those things where you just got to jump into it because the minute you do it after the first day or after the second day, then you're fine. You're, you're into that mode now and there's nothing to even think about. You're just like, all right, well, let's just keep on going because this is great. And knowing that sort of helps uh, curb that anxiety of like jumping back into the projects and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's, it was cool to hear that from Sven because, you know, he's been doing that sort of stuff for a long time. I've been doing that sort of stuff for a long time. And it's, uh, I don't know, reaffirming, I guess you could say. Mm. Oh, a little coffee. Coffee, coffee, coffee. But... Yeah, so uh, that's that's sort of the the mental state I'm at right now, um, as far as that that boat goes. And I got a couple more days to work on it, and uh, you know, I don't head off on this little speaking tour thing um, until about the twenty first, twenty second. Probably the twenty second is when I'll leave here. First show, it's a private one at a yacht club on the twenty third, and then I go down to a public one down in Dexter, Michigan, on the twenty seventh. And this is the the new presentation about this last voyage, this uh, fall of twenty twenty two, and uh, getting turned upside down and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's pretty cool, pretty fun, fun, uh, fun presentation. It's a fun story to tell, and uh, it's it's nice because it, it can be kind of told in a bunch of different ways, which is is nice. Always gives me like I you know you have when you do these speaking things uh, you really want to you know you want to have as much of a polished presentation as you can but at the same time I've always really liked the ability to kind of read the audience and see what people are sort of I don't know you you get sort of a feeling of what people want to hear and what aspects they really want to dive into and uh, so you could. You can sort of go a couple different routes, avenues while you're up there on stage, that sort of thing. So it's uh, it's definitely kind of neat. But I've been trying to figure out what the the real best sort of takeaways are of this, and it's uh, you know it's it's always it's always in development, so to speak. Um, you know, the one about going around the world is definitely a lot about endurance and not giving up. Um, you know, when you take on one of these challenges you really uh you're i don't know it's a it's we take on these challenges in life no matter how big or small they are it's a worthy endeavor because you're you're kind of going after something and you're setting this goal and the harder it is the more benefit you're going to reap when you actually complete that goal and it's a really I don't know. It's kind of a, an odd thing to do, you know, when you're just trying to like enjoy your life, but that's part of it. You would think like, oh, well, you know, I just have a nice, like, whew, nice go at things and enjoy them and be secure and safe and try and live as long as I can and all that sort of stuff. But I don't know. It's like that, that, yes, that's a fine, fine 
existence. Um, but it's it's when you throw these big challenges in there and you have to work really hard and go through a lot of stuff and see if you can make it through and, and all that, that's when it seems to me that, you know, that's when um, that's when you really get the reward of like, holy cow, you know, you get to that finish line and you look back and you're just like, dang, dude, I can't believe I did that. I mean, I still sometimes think about what it was like to pull back into Gloucester. And that was, uh, that was pretty amazing feeling. And that's something I, you know, carries with you, uh, throughout your life, I think. So who knows, who knows that being said, it's, uh, <clears throat> that's, that's pretty much it. But then I'm out on the East coast and, uh, we'll see, hopefully be able to add some more shows here and there. And, um, Get a little funding for the old uh, the old mighty sparrow once I get back to her. Holy cow, it's been crazy watching these hurricanes. Ugh, not fun having the boat that far south. But how weird is it that the first year that I haven't had it up in Maine, it looks like Maine's gonna get hit by Hurricane Lee. I think it is Lee. Yeah, I'm gonna pull that up right now. I just want to see it. I mean, it's coming. I don't know. Oh yeah, it's already in the Gulf of Maine. Oh jeez. That's not fun. It looks like they're getting north winds pretty heavy. Eek. I'm going to have to call Murph, make sure he's okay. I'm sure he is, but boy, that's eek. not not fun at all. Uh, but yeah, how, how ironic, really, that uh, the first time I haven't been up in Maine in, in years now. I mean, I pulled out. I hauled out up in Maine from 2017 all the way through until... 2021 or 2022 and this is the first time i haven't had it and this this thing just swept right by us and uh down there in the hatteras region but there's still more to come uh more hurricanes out there and uh we're nowhere near we're right just past the peak i guess the traditional uh height of the hurricane season is september 14th at least that's what i've been told in the past uh, so we're right here cooking up storm after storm and man, oh man, it's just not, you know, it's, it is, it's spooky. You got this boat out there and you're like, if it gets hit and tipped over, that's like a total loss. Uh, it's always kind of a scary feeling, but most of these look like, don't want to jinx myself, knock on wood, like they're, uh, on the old Bermuda path, you know, staying off the coast and all that sort of stuff. So, cause that next one is coming right up and that's going to swing out east of Bermuda yeah, it's just, ugh, think about being out there and that. Not fun at all. But yeah, so uh, I'm hoping to sometime mid-October, early October, be able to hop back on the boat, make an assessment, see where we're at. And uh, I don't know, try and figure out what the heck I'm going to end up doing for the winter. Ooh, sorry. Um, yeah, it's kind of a tricky thing, trying to figure that out. Um you know, part of me wants to go down, hit up the old Caribbean. Uh, you know, we have to sort of see how things are going to go between the girlfriend and I as far as her availability and what she gets up to. But a lot of it just comes down to, you know, do, do you have the funds to go down there? Because uh, the Caribbean's definitely fun, but it also uh, costs a bit of money. And if you're going to even if you're living on anchor and all that sort of stuff, you definitely need to have the funds to be able to support yourself and uh, don't want to be that 
total bum on a boat, uh, just barely eking by, eating um, long life food <laughs> every single night and catching rainwater and all that sort of stuff. Although it's kind of fun doing that offshore. Uh, it's a little different when you're anchored up and there's a lot of people around and I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I'm hoping. I think it would be a lot of fun to go and do, you know, January, February, March, April down there in the islands. Uh, it's been a while since I've been down there, and it sure would be nice to go and see some friends and and just kind of enjoy the warmth of the winter. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll sort of see what happens. Like I said, Sparrow needs a lot of work. Sparrow needs to do sales, and there's just... Uh, I don't know. It's just a huge amount that goes into owning that boat. And, <clears throat> you know, I'm lucky that I don't have things like a car. I don't think I don't have a house. So there, you know, Sparrow is my home. And um, so that kind of consolidates the cost of everything. I couldn't imagine uh, having like, I sometimes I, it just boggles my mind. When you think about people who own like multiple homes, and then, you know, let's say one of those homes is on a lake and then they have a couple of boats and then they own like a yacht somewhere. It's just like, holy cow, how in the world do you do you coordinate all that? Do you pay for all that? I don't know. I don't know. Beyond me. Beyond me. Um, sounds like a big, big mess uh, and a big, complicated, crazy, crazy life. I, I really enjoy having the I have the boat and I have a motorcycle and that's all I own in this world. And that's uh, that's not too bad. It uh, keeps things pretty simple, although bulk definitely does uh, sometimes necessitate a lot of work and a lot of money. But Old Sparrow's been good to old J-Rome. Uh, we keep on plugging away. I, still, I can't believe those sales to Sven. Sven was so funny. He came to one of the presentations uh, during the summer and... I can't remember exactly what the cue was. It was in the Q&A at the end, and uh, somebody had asked about the sales, and I think there was a picture of Sparrow up there, and the sales are definitely old, you know, 70, 60, 70,000 miles on them, and uh, they're showing their age now, and and somebody asked me, and I said, well, actually, my brother Sven, the guy who made the sales, is here in the audience, and Sven just pipes up, and he's like, He's like, those sails were as white as a wedding dress when I delivered them to the boat. <laughs> and just people uh, dying laughing. It's, he's always been quick with a joke, uh, old Sven. He's got a, he's got a quip for everything. Mm. But um, yeah, so I don't know. That's that's sort of the game plan. I got to get back to it pretty soon here. But just wanted to throw a quick little update podcast out, see how things uh, were going, and yeah, hopefully get some more shows on the regular. I'd love, love to get back to the old two two a week um, sort of schedule, and that's that's the goal. The goal is always going to be that: get back to two a week, one midweek, and then one for the weekend, and see if I can hold steady on that. I think I think being on the road is going to help quite a bit because there's a lot of people that I can stop in and, and see. It's a, the willingness of the participant or the guest to be able to come on in and uh, share some of their very, very valuable time. Uh, that's never, never an easy thing, and it's always a big ask, but I've been very, very fortunate to have a lot of people in my life that do uh, spare some time to, to come on the show and share some of their experiences. So should be, should be pretty good. But other than that, that's going to be it for today's show. But, uh, 
Yeah, if you get a chance to get out in the old woods this fall, I'd say take it. Grab it and hold it in your hand like a pile of gold because those moments are fantastic. It was really something to be able to sit around a fire with my buddy and just act goofy and chat and not have a care in the world besides, you know, uh, do we need to get more wood for the fire? That sort of thing. It was really, really fantastic and can't ask for for a better time than, uh, you know, four or five days in the woods doing that and just laughing and sort of resetting everything. Your brain kind of throttles back, slows down. Uh, you know, the worries, the anxieties of everyday life are sort of uh, dispersed when you get out there and uh, they sort of dissolve into the background. And it's something that I think is very therapeutic for the brain, you know, Besides just being out in the middle of the ocean somewhere, surrounded by that kind of nature, being in the woods can also be, I think it's a little more uh, eh, normal, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I know the idea of being out in the middle of the ocean can be pretty terrifying for a lot of people, uh, but just being out in the woods uh, are, is typically a, a pretty safe safe haven and uh it's it's pretty remarkable what just being all in that fresh air amongst those good sounds away from all the screens and everything can do to the brain even if you're just getting out for a night or a day or a weekend it really uh it really helps but i will say in in my experience the longer you're out there the better it is because it gives your brain more time to sort of dial back into uh, a more natural state not so much of a dopamine hit, boom, 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 isn't that? It's more of a steady flow, and that's, uh, I think, a little bit more healthier than the normal lifestyle these days, but that's just my own opinion. I'm not uh, not trying to tell anybody what to do. Uh, other than that, thanks for listening, and until next time.